beginning my day intentionally or deliberately on purpose, decision or act of my will, putting God first and, and making this relationship with me and Him being a team. Starting out your morning routine sets the tone for the rest of the day. So rather than being stressed, like I said, and rushing around, begin your day with God and discussing with Him that, you know, if it's something as simple as, Holy Spirit, as I wrote the simple point here for you, is Holy Spirit, you and I are a team today. You know, where I go, you go. Amen. So begin your day with God. Start with a prayer. We're going to talk about revolutionizing prayer tonight. But start, you could start with something like this. Father Lawrence said something along this line. God, this day is from you and it's for you. Use me to bring glory to your name, he said. You know, you can say something as simple as that, but Lord, me and you are a team. We're going to go out and do things. You're in me. You're here to work with me and in me and through me. And so together we're going to do some major things. And the second thing then is, as you see on your list, turn your complaints into praise. Well, now that's, that, I don't need to teach on that tonight, maybe, but you know, I mean, this is something, but you got to do this deliberately too. Your checklist will remind you, you know, uh, Facebook now and other media outlets, boy, you watch them and you just see how bitter and angry people are and how fast and quick people are angry. I was coming out of the post office yesterday and just as I was coming in Jasper now, just to coming out of the post office and Somebody was just laying on the horn. I don't mean toot toot, you know. I mean just wah. You know, I thought, my goodness, you know, something's really happening out there. Well, somebody in a van, in a bigger van, kind of hard to see in the van, doesn't doesn't negate the responsibility that we have to look, but was backing out, and there's a little bitty car sitting behind it, and people in the car, you know, rather than toot toot, I'm back here, just had to rah, roll down the window and started to cuss in the man, you know, like he intended to run him over or something, you know. And then pull, of course, that was no good because they were sitting behind the man. So then they had to pull up where they could see him to fuss, you know. <laughs> one rolled the window down. It was, I thought it was always kind of funny. It looked to me like the wife rolls the window down. She does all the fussing and the husband, he's, he's the getaway man. He's ready, you know. And, uh, well, I, I thought, well, I'm just going to walk over there and tell the man, I'm sorry. They acted like that, you know. It's just a mistake. Just, you know, don't right. make, because I know how those kind of things try to mess up your day. Right. But people are just so quick to just, be hard and they want to fight over everything, right. you know. You see all that and people laugh about that. They think that's funny. I don't think right. it's funny. I think it really shows a, a pitiful state that our, our nation and world is in today. And, uh, but, you know, nobody has any leniency for other people. And, you know, if you were in the van, it'd been different, you know. Well, I just couldn't see you. But if you're over here, then it's, he's trying to kill us, you know. See, well, the point I'm making in that is, if we don't intentionally start our day without saying, you know, Lord, I'm going to be quick to make sure that I'm, look at that, number two, that I am turning every conflict, every complaint, every problem into a moment of praise. You know, wouldn't that have been something if, if the people in the car, you know, nobody got hit, you know. Nobody got hit, just the two of the horns, all it took to get the guy's attention, but no, wrong, you know. It wouldn't have been if they just pulled up enough out of his way and said, are you okay? You know, we are, said, that's all right, I've done that too, you know. And it just kind of solves everything and makes people feel good rather than just makes people feel bad. So you've got to decide. Now, we're talking about, look at the top of the list. What's the title on this thing? We're talking about practicing the Holy Spirit's in the car with you. Now, are you going to you gonna have the Holy Spirit in the car with you and fuss about because somebody made a little mistake and call them? I can't say it. Susan, tell them what they said. I can't. No. I mean, you have to get a sinner to come in and cuss for you because, you know, to relate things. But the idea is your check has to be is, okay, now, wait a minute now. Holy Spirit, you're here. I know he's more than in the seat. I understand that he's on the inside. But you got to start practicing that he's there with you. And you start saying, okay, now, Holy Spirit, that's not. Now, what would you like me to do to that man? And the Holy Spirit say, well, comfort him. He's upset now because he thinks he almost hit somebody. You know, I mean, is this making sense yes. to anybody? Or, or the person that makes the state, a mistake in the teller, you know, the teller at the window or the cashier that makes the mistake, yeah. you know, or the person, the other, just the other person on the street. And you have to check yourself. Coworkers, you're running that all the time. Fellow students in a classroom, things that just seem to get in your way sometimes, you know. And, and make a decision somewhere. Put that right. in your notes that God didn't put other people here just to be in my way. That's right. That's Amen. Right. Here for us to get along and, yes. and you know, do life together. Amen. But see, I got to be conscious of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's if I want Him to manifest in my life. Now, He's He's not going to manifest when you're always angry. Right. Right. See, yeah. in all your ways, acknowledging Him, that's obviously acting in an angry way or, or a fussing way or a miffed way or an entitled way. Right. Is not a way that's going to honor the presence of the Holy Spirit for Him to manifest. So turn all your complaints into praise. Make sure you're doing that. Just say whatever the I could normally complain about, 
instead of complaining, I'm going to train myself to praise instead. Now, to do that, you have to stop focusing on what's wrong. You have to start focusing on what the Holy Spirit's got you there for. You know, it's a good thing that man pulled out in front of me and says somebody else. I can be a blessing to him. See, you know, something like that. Right. So you got to make sure you're doing that. Now, going to the next one just real quickly because of time. I won't spend much time on it. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Turn suffering into surrender. Now, that's kind of the way Brother Lawrence said it. So let, let me say it in a way that would make more sense to us. Things that cause us grief, suffering. Things that cause us hurt. It, it's a shame to spend a long time in suffering about something. And yet people get caught up in it. Now, why do we? We talked about this about three weeks ago on Wednesday night. Why do people get caught up in it? Because some people just love the pity. Now, if you enjoy pity, if you enjoy people pitying you, then you're not hanging out with the Holy Spirit because he's, he's not into pity. And so you have to break out of that. So the way I put this, turn suffering into surrender. In other words, you say you're going through something that's making you suffer over here instead of just getting all bent out of shape and why did I'm going through this and why did God pick me? Well, recognize God didn't pick you that's for this. Right. Amen. So just say, you know what? I'm going to just surrender. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher in this, that's not right. me, Amen. not my past experience. You're my teacher. So teach me what's going on here so I can get out of this yes. thing quicker. Amen. Amen. I don't want to spend Amen. six months in this or even that's six right. more minutes. Amen. I want to come out. You know, so just make sure that in this checklist that you're turning every thing that's causing you to suffer into a moment of your surrendering to Lord, what do you can you show me something here that I need to correct? Holy Spirit, you're with me, and so you can fix this. You're my helper. Right. Holy Spirit's a helper, right? That's right? So you can help me. And the next one says, turn the mundane into a holy moment. Well, we talked about that already last week a good bit, but a mundane is just the ordinary. Turn the things that are just ordinary, like washing the dishes or something like that. Turn it into a moment that you're asking the Holy Spirit to begin to work and manifest with you. Amen. That's right. You know, Holy Spirit, you know, let's wash the dishes together. Remember saying that last week? Yes. Driving to work. Well, I got to make that drive to work again. Oh, brother. Well, Holy Spirit, let's do this together. Come on. Now we're on an adventure, we said. Yes. And so start making sure that's on your checklist that you're doing that. Yes. Yes. All right. Now, another. Uh, number number five, this is the last one. Move into a continuous place of worship. That just sort of sums it all up. Just be where you're always quick to worship. Amen. Yes. Involving the Holy Spirit and everything. Now you're maintaining a sensitivity to Him. If you're sensitive to Him, He always is deserving of worship. I would suppose, according to Ephesians 2, it says that it's going to take an eternity. Somebody describe eternity for me. Never ending, right? Okay. So it's according to Ephesians 2, it takes a non-ending period of time called eternity for God to show you how much He loves you. I love you so much, I can't show you in a week. God says, I love you so much, I can't show you in a lifetime. I couldn't show you if you had 10 lifetimes. God said, I've got to have a never-ending period of time to show you how never-ending my love is for you. Now, this is powerful. If God needs an eternity to show me how good he is, yeah, then I couldn't show him how much I appreciated in praise and worship wow. if I had 10 eternities. Right. You understand yes. what I'm saying? Amen. So he's always worthy of a moment of worship yes. and praise. Yes. So I've got to make sure that at any moment, I'm just quick to worship. I get in a habit. Now, this is a habit that you can make. They tell us that we can start a habit in 21 days. If you just That's stay right. with something Amen. 21 days, you can break a habit or make a new one. Right. Right. So, you know, just say, I'm going to start every time. I'm going to catch myself because I'm going to pull this out. Sometimes, I don't know how you are, but sometimes when I've got a list like this, because, you know, when you're just doing this at the traffic light, Sam, you just get to number one, two, and three and got to go again. One, two, and three, got to go again. We'll start at the bottom sometimes. Right. Say, am I in a continuous place of worship? Oh, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry I ignored you. I ignored you. I'm sorry. I thank you so much for being with me. Isn't that powerful? Amen. So we've got to work on that. Now, a scripture that I want you to look at on the board because we're going to talk about all the goodness of God and what all He can do for us. And let's just look at this right quickly. Look on the screen. You can see this right quick. This is 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Because the Holy Spirit wants us to learn to commune with Him. Commune doesn't just mean communication. That's what a lot of times we think of that. But the communion is a time of fellowship. But I'm going to break down some things with you. So if you're writing down, if you're a note taker, just write down the reference and look up here. We're going to look at it. Second Corinthians 13, 14 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and, he says, the communion yes. of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Yes. Amen. Yes. The communion of the Holy Spirit. Well, 
we're talking about now having a constant communion. Com the word communion is the word common union. Yes. A common union means you're in relationship. Yes. You have a common friendship. More than that, intimacy. Yes. But look at it in the Amplified Classic Version. This is pretty powerful. This is the new one. It says the presence, which we talk a lot about the presence of God. Yes, we're amen. talking about recognizing the presence with you so you can get the benefits of the presence. Right. Amen. Right. So this is, this is the whole thing we're talking about. The Holy Spirit is if you start recognizing the presence, then you start reaping the benefits of the presence. That's right. Amen. He says the presence and presence and the fellowship, the communion, Amplified says, and the sharing together. And the participation. In other words, what, why you got all this? Well, this is what's in the Greek when you go back to this in the King James, the communion, the word communion. When you look at the Greek language, it says the presence, the fellowship, the communion, the sharing together, and the participation. Wow. Amen. Now, I hope you'll make note of that. Amplified classic version. You don't have to write all those words down. You can if you got time, but we're going to move on. But this is what you, you ought to put this on your checklist. You got a little room on the back of your list. You could add this later on. But say, am I really thinking about the presence, the fellowship, the sharing together. Holy Spirit and I are sharing the day together. I'm going to spend the day. I, I've got friends. I've got friends, and it's wonderful to me sometimes when we get some time just to spend the day together. You know, one friend of mine called me one time. He said, I'm, I'm going to be flying through Atlanta, and I've got a layover. Can you come visit with me for a few hours? Just So we did. Just went over there and just had a good time. Well, think about if you get to spend the day with the Holy Spirit. Now, we get that yeah. opportunity every day, but how many of you know you can go a whole day and, and ignore Him, as we said? Amen. And so this is called sharing together, participation with the Holy Spirit. Another translation, the Living Bible says the Holy Spirit's friendship for the word communion. It's the word friendship. You see that? See, we're dealing with something that most of the church never gets with the Holy Spirit. Right. Never get to a place where they decide, hey, I'm hanging out. This is my best friend. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's friendship be yours. Communion of the Holy Spirit, King Amen. James says. Now, this is going to be a little lengthy, so I want you to write this down. This is the message. Well, excuse me, I hadn't got to it yet. The message translation says intimate friendship. I thought I'd add that one in there. It's more than just that. The message says intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Another one is the NIRV version. NIRV. It says, may the sharing of life. That's the word for communion. Right. Amen. You're not, you, I don't guess you're hearing this. Or not. He said that communion means you're sharing life. That is good. Now, we're talking about doing this with the Holy Spirit. May the sharing of life brought about by the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. May the sharing of life be with you all. Now, look at this scripture. Turn to 2 Corinthians 6. This is one we're familiar with. Turn over there. I want you to read these with me. Sharing of life together. You know, one phrase we use nowadays, I think would be a good paraphrase for that, is, the, you know, doing life together. I was listening to somebody talking the other day. They were talking about their church. They were talking about how they fell in love with their church and just, you know, that's where I'm doing life now, you know. Well, that's why we ought to be with the Holy Spirit. I'm doing life with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. 2 Corinthians, of course, is a first that we're familiar with, but I found something in this that was written in the, for the negative, but yet we can see it in the positive. I've never looked at it in the positive like this. This is talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit and how we're not supposed to be in fellowship with devils, you know, and demonic spirits. I've got King James. I'm not sure what you're reading. Just follow with me the best you can. But we're all familiar with about verse 14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, I'm going to break down some things because I want you to see something. This is pretty powerful. Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? Now, what I'm about to show you, and I want you to start looking as we read this. Skip, skip down just for a minute to look where we're going to is to verse 16, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you're the temple of the living God. So you're talking about the Holy Spirit living in you. He said, you're the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. I'll walk in them and I'll be their God and they'll be my people. Now God's saying, I'm going to dwell in you like that. Well, now he's backing up. We're going back up to 14 again and see what hinders that. First of all, hindering a relationship of you doing life with the Holy Spirit every day, in and out every day, one of the hindrances is the people you run with. That's right. That's and so he said you sometimes need to narrow your, your realm of fellowship. I didn't bring it in here tonight, but somebody was telling me the other day, and I showed it to Susan, I thought this was interesting. You know, take a nickel, you know, a nickel is worth five cents. It's so big, and a dime is smaller. So sometimes you're... you're borders of influence can get smaller, but it's more valuable. That's right. Amen. So, that's good. And so you got to realize 
And so things, he says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, that's, we always hear that about marriage, and that's certainly a big deal. I've, I've pastored for 40 years. I've seen a lot of people marry people that are not on the same level of faith of them. And it hinders them. Right. I mean, you know, and, and I mean, I mean, people that grew up in church and knew better, Right. Amen. you know, and, and you fall in love with people. Of course you do. I mean, I understand that. I, you don't try to separate once you're there. I mean, you got now you got to use your faith. You're in the in it for the long haul. Right. right. But the thing is, if you if you start running around with somebody that is not embracing the same level of revelation knowledge of the word as you do, Amen. they're going to. And, and, and if you try to stay with here's the thing I've seen now 40 years of experience. Here's the thing I've seen in most cases. Yes. Right. That's most right. cases, yes. is that what happens is the one that's trying to pull them up usually gets pulled down. Yeah, most cases. Right. Right. Well, why is that? Because you have to make compromises. The believer has to make compromises. Right. To, and I'm not right. just talking about marriage now. Like I said, right. I'm talking about people you run with. You have right. to, as a believer, you have to make compromises of what you know is truth that's to right. have, be in fellowship or run around wow. with this person. This person doesn't have to compromise anything. So you're in a the believer is in a spirit of compromise, and what are you forfeiting? You're forfeiting doing life with the Holy Spirit the way you're supposed to, because you're fighting battles rather than. Well, look now. Now here's what I want you to see in this. Now come on, you're going to be glad I took you this verse right now. Some of you not, but you're going to be. This is good. This is powerful. You're wondering, I know. What I started seeing, and I want I want you to point out things. Let's see what fellowship. Go look at back back to that verse 14. Let's go back to it. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship? See the word fellowship. That jumped out at me today. And we're going to see a list of things that you're not supposed to have fellowship with unbelievers. It says, what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? Yeah. Of course, we take that as a negative. Don't get involved in an unrighteous relationship because your righteousness, they're unrighteous. Don't get involved in that. Right. But the word fellowship jumped out at me because that's what I'm supposed to be having with the Holy Spirit. Right. Fellowship. Now, now, you see where I'm going? We're going to look at this in the King James, but in a moment I'm going to show you some other translations. They're going to show you some other words for these words like fellowship. What the Holy Spirit's saying we can have with Him. Don't have this with the wrong relationships. Have this with the right ones. Now, you back to four. Thank you all. Look at verse 14. Be not unequally yoked. There's one. Yoked. You're supposed to be yoked with the Holy Spirit. See, don't be unequally yoked with the wrong relationships, with unbelievers in this case. Now, then he says, for what fellowship? There's what I'm supposed to have with the Holy Spirit, fellowship. Now, what does that word mean in the Greek? Well, you know, we're about to get into it through these other translations. What fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion? There's another word. This is what I'm supposed to have with the Holy Spirit. We read that in the other scripture just a moment ago. What communion has light with darkness? What communion? And then here's another word, verse 15. What concord? Now, I, the word concord, I don't know, you might have a better translation some of it that say, but to me, it's the word, I, I grew up, anybody remember when you, I, I can remember as a child, I don't know, I don't see it in stores anymore, I guess it still is, but it used to be a juice, grape juice, called concord grape juice. You know what concord means? It means a mixture, a mixing together, two things becoming one. That's what we're supposed to have with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Verse 15, what concord, what mixture has Christ with the devil, Bilal? That's what I'm supposed to have. Whatever concord means is what I'm supposed to have with God then, right? right. The Holy Spirit. What concord has Christ with Belial, or what part, there's another word, what part has he that believeth with an infidel? Here's another word, verse 16, what agreement? These are words I'm supposed to have. I hope you got them underlined by now, right? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I'll dwell in them, I'll walk in them, I'll be their God, they'll be my people. So come out from among them and be you separate from them so you can have all those things with the Holy Spirit, right? Saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. I'll be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and daughters, saith the Almighty. Now look up on the screen here just for a moment, and let's watch this. In the complete English Bible, it says, God said, I live with them, and I'll move among them. Now, this is what I want you to start thinking about. Your day in and day out routine with the Holy Spirit supposed to be is living with God and moving among Him as He's living with you and moving among you. That's pretty powerful. One more like this. Look at this complete Jewish Bible says, God said, I'll house myself in them. So this is a constant relationship. Now, here's where it gets a little busy. If you look up on the screen real quickly. This is the Phillips translation. It's going to take about two screens to show you this. And then I'm going to underline these words. But see how we were thinking about what is that? A concord and agreement and fellowship. Look, don't link up. Link up. Wow. Now, 
this is what I'm not supposed to do with the wrong relationships, but this link up is what yes. I'm supposed to do with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. I want you to see these phrases, link up. Don't link up with unbelievers. Try to work with them. There's another one. Work with them. You're supposed to be working with the Holy Spirit and Him That's working right. with you every day in Concord. All right? Now watch this. Here's an interest. I like this one. What common interest? I can see some of y'all are just thinking, I don't know why I didn't stay at home, but this is pretty powerful. What common interest? That's what the Holy Spirit and I are supposed to have together. Common interest. Say, I'm not supposed to do it with this. What common interest can there be between goodness and evil? How can, now here's another one. How can light and darkness, ready? Share life together. I'm not supposed to share life with darkness, but I am supposed to share life with the Holy Spirit. That was big. Now it keeps going. Let's go further. I'm going to show you those again with those words underlined. For those of you that are a little slow. All right. How can there be harmony? <laughs> harmony. Now, the Holy Spirit and I are supposed to live in harmony. That's right. Amen. In other words, he's supposed to say, no, 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 James, turn left this time. I said, oh, turn left. <laughs> Not like, <sighs> let, let me tell you something. Let, let me tell you something happened to me. And this happens to me. Now, I'm telling you this after 40 years of being saved. This happened to me just last week on Friday. I thought about a man that I hadn't seen in a couple of years. It's Gloria Copeland's brother. His name is Doug Neese. I thought about him. I thought, well, he went through my mind. I just thought about him that day. Huh. And I think I mentioned something about Doug Neese that day. I was thinking about him. Strong in my mind. Two or three days later, he dies. 72 years of age. Now, what was the Holy Spirit trying to tell him? Pray for Doug Neese. I didn't pray for him that day. I thought about him. thought I'd probably see him at convention. You know, I hadn't seen him in the last couple of years. I'd probably see him at convention in a week or two. See, if I'd have been in harmony, as I'm trying to tell you that we're supposed to be, I'm convinced I would have just, that would have, Holy Spirit was saying more than what I was listening to. Amen. Now, that don't make me feel good to tell you that, but I'm just saying we all make those mistakes probably a lot of times. Well, how can there be harmony between Christ and the devil? Well, they're not supposed to be, but there is supposed to be harmony between you and Christ. What bit, I like this one. Look at that. What business? <laughs> Come on, Taylor. <laughs> what business? Holy Spirit and you are supposed to be in business together. Amen. What business can a believer have with an unbeliever? Here's another wow. one. Ready to this one? What common ground wow. can idols have with the temple of God? They can't, but you and I are supposed to have common ground yes. with the Holy Spirit all the time. Amen. That's quite an invitation. Amen. Common ground with the Holy Amen. Spirit. He and I stand on the same common ground. Wow. That's good. That's good. So here it is. Now I underline those words. Same thing. This is still the, uh, what is Philip's translation. Look at this now. Don't, you, you say the words underlined with me when I get there. Will you read it out loud? Yes. Since yes. you're not getting much out of you tonight, maybe this will stir you up a little bit. Yes. Don't what? Link up. That's what we're supposed to do is link up with the Holy Spirit. Now, you, you see your life. Now, I'm going to have to hurry. You see your life with the Holy Spirit like this. Linked up. Come on, let's just read it. Linked up. Work with. Common interest. And share life together. Next part of the verse. Harmony between you and the Holy Spirit. See, business together and common ground. Isn't that good? Now, the message. Let's do the message translation that same way. Is everybody following what we're doing here? All right. Message translations the same way, but look, you can just see the words I underline. Don't become partners. You're not, Holy Spirit's supposed to be partners. Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership? See, Holy Spirit and I are in partnership together. I'm sorry, Jen. Partnership together with the Holy Spirit. Right and wrong. All right. Now, that's not partnership. That's war when you're in with the wrong person. Of course it is. It's war. Now, watch this. Is light best friends with dark? But you and the Holy Spirit are supposed to be best friends. Message continues. Does Christ go, I love this one, strolling with the devil? No, he don't go. But you're supposed to go strolling with the de- with the Lord. Excuse me. Somebody say, what are you fixing to do? I'm going for a stroll. Who are you going to walk with? I'm strolling with Jesus. I'm strolling with the Holy Spirit. You know, if you exercise or walk, whatever you do, just say, come on, Holy Spirit, let's stroll. That's right. Amen. I'm not trying to be off color or anything, but I mean, you know, think of yourself at work, you know, you got a busy schedule. Sometimes you can't be alone at work enough to do much praising and worshiping like you want to. You're busy with people. You call it, that's natural work that we have to do. But you know, you could say, come on, Holy Spirit, let's stroll down to the bathroom together. Let's take a stroll to the water fountain. Take a a stroll out where they do smoke breaks so we can go witness to some, I should say, couch you on that, right? (laughs) So witness a little bit. Yes, amen. (laughs) I'm going to tell Father on you, they're not fun. All right. Strolling with the devil. Don't go strong with the devil. Go strong with the Holy Spirit. And then he says, do trust. He says, do trust and must mistrust. Hold hands. as another one for the Holy Spirit. We're to hold hands with the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Now, I want you to see taking a stroll with the Holy Spirit, holding hands with Him for the rest of your life. Me and the Holy Spirit are doing life together. See? Yes. That's the way it's supposed to be because He said, or setting up a pagan t temple's God's holy temple. Look at this. But that is exactly, He said, the Holy Spirit, this is still the message translation. God says, but that is exactly what we, each of us, as a temple in whom God lives, God Himself put in the way. Did I read that right? God Himself put it, put it this way. I'll live in them. I'll walk into, I'll move into them, excuse me. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. So then he adds this, so leave the corruption and the compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with, there's that another phrase, see. Don't link up with the devil, the world out there. That'll pollute you. I want you all for myself, God said. Now, I didn't underline that one. I, I think I should have. I'd like you to do that. Look at that. I want you all for myself. Start imagining. You, you, this would be good to put on your little list there. This is kind of cool. You know, put this on your list somewhere. I could have wrote it, but I can't do everything for you. Look at this. <laughs> put this on your list. God wants me all for himself yes, today. Holy amen. Spirit wants me all for himself today. Yes. And so he and I are going to go through this checklist together and make sure we're together on it. Amen. 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 So link up with him today. Amen. amen. I like that. Now, real quickly, because of time, and I, I spent longer on that than what I meant to, but I'm going to give you now, I said I'm going to do something. I'm going to give you, I'm not going to revolutionize your prayer lives. I'm going to prayer lives. I'm going to let God do that with you, but you can do that and make that decision by doing this. What's going on? Now, we're talking about living in the presence, strolling with him, not letting his hand go free. Susan, Susan and I, we don't, can't do it all the time because, well, you know, you roll different ways, but we hold hands in bed at night, you know, as often as we can. And, uh, you know, because we like just stay together, you know. And, uh, Makes me think of Oral Roberts and Evelyn when they went to bed. They said they'd always hold hands in bed together and, and said, uh, but every night, said Evelyn would always look over there at Oral and say, Oral, I just won't tell you something. They'd kiss goodnight, you know, and hold hands and say, just won't tell you, I do love somebody else more than you. <laughs> and Oral would say, I know, I love him too. <laughs> Talking about Jesus, of course, you know. That was always where they put first place. But, Susan, I do that, but I want you to start seeing yourself like that now. And Holy Spirit, I'm not letting you go. Because Holy Spirit don't want to let go of your hand. If, it, if, if we drop hands, it's because that's His choice, you know. So, if we're supposed to then live in, hook up with, and all those beautiful phrases you underlined or underscored there, if we're supposed to do all that with the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day -day basis in order to make our life out of the mundane into the adventure time with God, that's presence of God. That's keeping the presence manifest. Now, here's a question I want to ask you, and this is going to take us into our prayer life. Are you ready for this question? What's going? If we're in the presence of Holy Spirit like that, who's in the presence of God and in the presence of Jesus nonstop, what's going on in that presence? I mean, I, you, you understand what I'm saying? We've been invited. Are you with me? Yes, amen. If we're invited... Now, I'm showing you chapter and verse, Sam. This means that God's asked us to do all these things I've told you tonight. So if we're invited to hang out with the Trinity, Father, right. Son, and Holy Spirit, yes. all Amen. day long and never leave them because they don't ever want to leave us. Right. Amen. If we're invited, we're invited into their conversations. Yeah. We're invited into what they're saying. So I'm asking you, what's going on in their conversations already that you and I, because we're choosing to hang out in their presence because we've been invited to, what, are we, what conversations are we about to start hearing? Now, if you would start making your prayers another fourth party into their three-party conversation. I know y'all didn't catch that. Father, Son, Holy Spirit are having a three-way conversation never-ending. They are doing some talking. We're invited into their conversation. So start making your prayer life instead of, God, I need this, and oh, God, if you don't do this, and oh, God, if you don't do that. Now, they, they're not talking like that. That's right. Amen. Listen to what they're saying and begin to talk in accordance with their conversation. Make that your prayers. Amen. My point is, if you start listening to it, you know, the Scripture says, let me give you this, this powerful. The Scripture says that Jesus is always making intercession for us. Is that right? Yes. The Bible actually says the Holy Spirit's making intercession for us. Romans chapter 8. So if Jesus and the Holy Spirit are constantly making intercession, let's change the word just for a minute. For There's more to intercession. This, but if Jesus and the Holy Spirit are constantly making prayer to God for me, what are they saying? Because that would be the smart prayer for me to pray. Yes, yes. 
See, in other words, if, I, if, if Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are here having a conversation, now I've got them in the car with me, and I'm not going to let them out of the car today because i got my checklist. And I say, oh, Holy Spirit, I'm going to worship you. That'll keep you here. Now, he never leaves me, never forsakes me. Don't misunderstand me, but I'm keeping him in my presence because yes. I'm talking about practicing his presence so I become conscious yes. and therefore become more sensitive Amen. of him. Right. All right, now, if I'm doing this and I'm listening and I, I might overhear something like this, I might overhear the Holy Spirit say, uh, uh, Jesus, you know, I, I want to really go to work on because I'm a helper. Holy Spirit right. says, I'm, I'm James's helper and I'm his comforter. And I'm really wanting to get more money into his ministry because he's got big vision you know i'm really wanting to get in jesus saying you know i died so to make him rich and i'm like now if i would come in and join into that conversation and i say well you know that's true i really you know i can really express how good that would do right you know jesus might be can y'all see the three of them now yes I can just see now they're standing there and they're having a conversation. You're on their mind. Amen. And so Jesus just might say to the Holy Spirit, you know, Holy Spirit said, uh, we really, you're the Holy Spirit brings conviction into James's heart and you got to really deal with him about that physical symptom he's dealing with because that's given him a lot of grief. And I died, Jesus said, I died so he could not have to carry that sickness. You know, you might hear a conversation or something like that. And see, so your job is not to say, oh, Lord, please heal my body. He's like, why are you praying that? That's not the way we talk in heaven. Right. Amen. That's right. Amen. You know, I've told you this before, and I, I'm just trying to get you to think. I don't know if you're thinking, nearly using your imagination with me on what I'm saying. This. I, over the years, being a, a young preacher, especially starting out a young minister, I'm still younger than the ministers I was younger than, too, back right. in those <laughs> still younger to them but sometimes as a young preacher I would get invited into some real high class to me high caliber minister personal meetings I mean you know where you go into a room where Jim Clark who used to run MTI in Baton Rouge and, and uh, it might be him and Brother Hudy Holyfield from Mississippi and Frank Matchin out of Birmingham and some of the greater of the greats of those days and, and, and I would get invited into those conferences of four or five people well i'll be honest with you when i get in those rooms i didn't say anything because i didn't know how to talk and i would listen to what they were talking about and then i went and so when i opened my mouth i was doing my best to make them glad they invited me i talk along there you know what they were talking about not talk does this make sense to anybody all right that's what we're going to have to start doing with the holy spirit if you start hanging out with listening to them you're going to pick up some things in the Spirit because your Holy Spirit's there to help you do these things. And, and you're going to learn what to say in prayer. Now, this is why I started saying most Christians pray from that warfare mentality. I, I tell you, you remember this scripture, Luke 18, where Jesus said men ought to always pray and not faint. And then he began to describe a widow woman, a poor little widow woman that was having to argue with the judge and kept on, kept on, kept on until she finally got her prayer answered. Amen. Now, most Christians get stuck on that mentality as they're the widow woman trying to make the judge do what they want to do. And that's not what Jesus was trying to get across to He was just trying to teach us to be consistent. If a, if a widow woman could do that with an unjust judge, how much more, Jesus said, how much more or how much more speedier will God do things for us, not to, for us to develop the, the widow mentality. So we got to have this mentality as, I've been invited to the White House. Some of y'all's faces are just not the place to look when I give my best point. I mean, I couldn't pass out jelly donuts and do any better than that. That was powerful. What we're saying is we've been invited to the Holy Spirit-filled White House. Not everybody's got rights to go in there, but we've got the invitation that gives us the right to be there. And so you need to learn a little bit how they're talking and get in on their conversations and agree with them. Because if the president's talking about getting a grant your way, you say, well, oh, I can really express to you how that would really be a blessing and how that could really work in our neighborhood. And so that's what the Holy Spirit's there to help us do. You're going to start experiencing that. So this is the kind of prayer. I'm just trying to end on this now, but this is the kind of things that we need to get our prayer lives connected to to realize this is actually what, I, what I'm teaching you right quick in these next just two or three minutes really is... It's for you, some of you, it's going to be a new way of praying, but it's really not new at all. It's, it's really an ancient way of praying. The way I'm telling you to pray is the way that David in the Bible, Old Testament, learned to pray. It's the way that Saul learned to pray. And their lives and people like them in the Bible flourished when they learned to pray this way. 
and got out of that mentality of that, like I said, that widow, widow woman praying. Instead of praying toward God, write this down, instead of praying toward God, just shooting a prayer toward God, start praying from the Holy Spirit in God and with God. Now, you say, well, I'm not going to write that down. Well, I'm trying to revolutionize your prayer life. I'm trying to get your prayers where they start getting answered. Instead of praying toward God, shooting a prayer toward Him, start praying from your position of the Holy Spirit in you and you and the Holy Spirit. Start praying from the Holy Spirit who is in God and is in you at the same time and pray there. So, let me back up and say it again. I'm going to say it shorter and you can put what you want to in it. Instead of praying toward God, pray with God. Amen. Yes. Wow. Amen. Instead of shooting a monologue toward God, start having conversation with Him as you're led by the Holy Spirit who knows how to talk in His presence. Like I said, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are always interceding for us anyway. All we've got to do is start listening or getting in on their conversations. And we're talking about you joining with their prayers, what they're already praying, their conversations. That's what their prayers are. It's their conversations that they're already having. Never asking. Now, see, don't, then when you start doing that, you'll never ask the Holy Spirit to come. You'll say, Holy Spirit, no, no, because he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you, right? You never, never ask him to come, but you start expressing in the conversation. Now, there's four of you now. See. Right. Amen. You're in on the conversation. And so you, instead of saying, oh, Lord, if you'd do this, and Lord, if you'd just yes. touch my fevered brow, and God, if you could just get this disease off of me, if you could get my blood sugar lower, if you could make my eyes stronger, if you could do Instead of praying prayers like that, see, that's asking him to come do something. Right. And he's in you, and you're in him, and you're out in the middle. You're in the Oval Office. Yes. You're in yes. the throne room yes. where things are done. You're in the throne room of God. Amen. And so... And he's and the Holy Spirit's already praying the perfect will of God for you. So what you just need to say, oh, I just this would be now this is going to sound dumb, but I'm just I think this might be the way to get it across to you is you need to get in the presence of God and just say, oh, Father, I love you so much, and I just want you to know everything that Jesus and the Holy Spirit's been telling you about me today. I agree. Whatever they're wanting done, I just agree with them. Oh, they know they know how to pray better than I know how to pray. And so I just want, that's what your prayers are. Your prayers are conversations with God, not trying to get God to do something, but thanking Him that He's in you to do it and that He's already provided a covenant. I just want to thank you that you've already provided everything I need. One of the richest, I guess, one of the most, he's not the wealthiest, but one of the most wealthiest men, ministers in America, tells us all the time, this is Jesse DePlantis I'm talking about, he'll tell you all the time, don't ever tell God what you need. Because he's already said in Philippians 4.19, he supplies all you need. So why are you going to talk to God about your need? Just tell God what you want. You know, as a child was, you know, Father, what I really would like, what I really would like to, what I would really enjoy. Because he sometimes might want to know what color you want. And you say, I'd really enjoy this, you know, and this would really be a blessing to him. Jesse Plant's not the, he's not the most wealthiest in, in the world today, but he's one of the one of the wealthiest ministers. I mean, he's trying to tell us what works for him. And, uh, and we need to learn how to operate like that. So never never asking God to come, but just simply expressing our thanks and our joy that he never leaves us, that he's always at work within us. And then, then add, you do have prayer requests, so then add your prayer requests, but don't make them as a, like we've been doing, a straight shot to God. Now, God, I need you to, don't, don't do it like that. Just make it a part of the conversation. See, what, what's the majority? If you were walking in I know you're, you live there, but I'm just saying if you understood that you were walking in to the throne room of God with God sitting on the throne, Jesus standing there as your intercessor and the Holy Spirit's there with you and in you as your intercessor and making it right for you to be there and Jesus' blood is guaranteeing you to be there. So you got every right to come boldly to the throne right. of grace, right? Amen. And you come up there. What's going to be the majority or should be the majority of our conversation? Thanking Him. Oh, I'm just so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be saved out of darkness, and I'm just so happy to be here with the Holy Spirit and Jesus. I'm so happy that you saved me and brought me out of darkness, and I'm just so thankful that your promises say that I'm healed, and I'm so thankful that you say that you supply my need, and you got a promise. I can't, I can't come up with a request that you don't already have a promise for. And by the way, Lord, while you're on that, I've been having Doug a friend of mine on my mind this week, and I'd like to pray for him. And I'd just like to tell you that I'd sure like you to begin to reveal this to him too. Amen. So then you put your prayer request in there. You add your prayer request in. And so I want you to do that. I mean, I ain't got anything to pray. Brother Hagen, listen, Brother Hagen, I'm just using finances because we can understand that. Same way with health, I'm just using finances because we understand it. But Brother Hagen said he got to a place he finally learned early on in his ministry to never pray for money. Yes, right. 
Now, I mean, it took millions of dollars to keep Rama going for a year. I don't know how many millions their budget was, but it took millions of dollars, buildings and new buildings and renovations on buildings and students and, and teachers and, tra and traveling and all they did. It took millions of dollars to do that. But he said, I never pray for money. Well, brother, I do. Oh, let me ask you or Brother Hagen, who's working out the best there. Come on, See? amen. He said, I learned never to pray for money because he already supplies my need. My job amen. is just to thank him that I have it. Yes, amen. Amen. Now, you can put a figure amount on that if you want to. So, Father, I want to thank you that I've got $7,000 to get that done today. Amen. You know, you can be some specific on it. Nothing wrong with that. But just say, I thank you that that's within the, the uh, realm of what you provided for me. Say amen at all this amen. if you can see it. So add your prayer request in, but let your prayer request be more of a part of the conversation in the Oval Office, in the White House, in the throne room. I'm trying to get across to you. And keep adding then whatever your prayer request, keep adding that into your conversation all the time with joy and gladness and even laughter we're learning. Joy and gladness and laughter, adding all that in. Because see, when you start learning what a pleasure it is to God to have you there in this conversation, and if it's a pleasure to Him, it should become a pleasure to you and I. And so we're just saying, oh, I mean, just... I, I think that's the biggest thing. Just so glad to be there. So it's a pleasure to him. It ought to become a pleasure to us. Think of the delight that he has in partnering with you and me. You're going to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, now I'm going to drive to work today and I'm not going without the conscious thought of you being with me. And you don't understand the delight that that gives him to say that you're going to, you're going to let me be a part of this all the way. I mean, you don't realize that's big to him. You mean, you're going to let me be there instead of Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. You're going to let me talk to you? You really think I'm more important, God said? Yeah, that's a, he said, that's a delight. So prayer then is conversing joyfully rather than a warfare mentality. You're not fighting to get something. It doesn't make sense to the Father why we would fight like that. So here's how you just do the prayer. I'm going to do this real quick. I've got just a bunch of points, but I'm going to make them real quick. I've already told them. I'm just going to show you how a prayer ought to be. It ought to start out with something along this line. Holy Spirit, I just want to worship you. I just want to worship you that I can be here in your presence and you're in mine. I thank you that you watched over me while I was asleep last night. You're with me this morning as I'm getting ready for work. And I just want you to know that I'm partnering with you today because you've already partnered with me. And I just want to thank you, Holy Spirit. You can start thanking it. You know, so most of it's going to be Thanksgiving. I just want to thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're a good helper. You are such a good helper to me, Holy Spirit. You're such a good teacher, such a good comforter, all the things that you learn about the Holy Spirit. Spend some time. You, you spend as long as you want to, thanking Him, as long as you can. Thanking Him and worshiping. Thank you for being such a good teacher, helper, comforter. And Lord, I thank you so much that you love to help me grow, Holy Spirit. You're helping me grow and develop where I'm a better believer and stronger and, and more helpful to the kingdom. I'm thanking you that you're helping me grow and develop. Here's another one you ought to add into it. Holy Spirit, I just want to thank you for the way that you see me. I just thank you for the way that you see me today in the body of Christ. I'm not going to battle with the way I see me. I'm going to change and start seeing me the way you see me. And I just want to thank you for the way you see me in the Word. Name some scriptures. Talk about scriptures. That's, that's what he's conversing. Jesus is the Word. What do you think he's talking all the time? The Word. He's the Word made flesh. I thank you the way you see me and the way you present me before the Father and allow me to come to the throne room comfortable today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for all your provisions. Thank you for dwelling in me. Thank you for forming Christ in me. That's a big one. Thank you for, you know what, that makes me, you know, every day we want to do that. Thank you for helping me conform to the image of Christ that I look more like Jesus today because you're working in me and I'm willing to yield to that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. And then you began to say, you know what I'm really hungry for, Lord? I know I've got some things. I have a few requests I'm going to talk to you about in a minute, but I'm really just hungry for a fresh infilling of you. I'd like a fresh oil change, please. I want all of you that you are. I apologize for being so leaky yesterday, but I sure would like a new infilling today. One, one preacher I like, he said this one time. He said, Holy Spirit, plug up all the leaks so I can overflow. That was big to me. Plug up all the leaks in me. Show me how to get rid of all the things that I've been leaking. You know, the Bible calls us like leaky vessels. Help me to not leak out. Because I want to, you know, you can't overflow as long as you're leaking. And I want an overflow life. So Holy Spirit, begin to show me those things. You know, the way David said it in the Psalms, he said, Holy Spirit, he said, show me all those things. Point, point out things in me that make you sad. 
That's a good prayer. Holy Spirit, point out things that make you sad that you would like me to correct. And then, Holy Spirit, I can't correct those things or I already would have, but I want you to, I'm going to put my attention on it and I'm going to start thanking you for helping me because you're my helper. So please plug up all those leaks so I can experience overflow. If I quit leaking, I'll, I'll know what overflow life is. Here's another part of the prayer you can add into it. We ought to add it every day. Train my ears and my eyes today. Train my eyes that I can see and train my ears that I can hear. I was listening to a very, very wise man in the world. He doesn't know God. He talked a lot about things in the world. He's real wise in the world. He's a religious leader in his field. And uh, he talked against, he said, believing is a dangerous thing. He said, don't ever believe. Just admit you don't know. Because somebody had asked him, you know, did God create us? And he said, no, they thought this was interesting. Look how close he's right on this. They said, he, they asked him about God, and he, his answer was this. He said, uh, he said, well, he said, first thing, recognize and acknowledge that you didn't create yourself. You couldn't do this. I couldn't create us. We didn't create ourselves. But you're asking me, should we believe in God, believe that God created us? He said, I don't think you should believe anything. He said, don't believe. He said, just admit. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, he's wrong in this, but I want you to listen to it. He said, don't believe. He said, just admit that you don't know. That's the thing you ought to do. Just be comfortable with you don't know. And, and I said, Holy Spirit, that sounds so intriguing to the world. Because I was looking at the crowd he was talking to, some of the biggest celebrities in the world sitting there listening to that kind of stuff. And that's what they listened to. He was known as their guru. And uh, the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, you know, when he won't believe, he chooses not to believe. He said, it's safer just to say, I don't know, than to believe something. Don't believe anything. He said, don't believe anything. What is believing but seeing with the eyes of the heart? He's refusing to see with his spirit. He only wants to see in the natural, and that natural will destroy him. And so it's a, it's a good thing that you and I, I mean, I don't know why the world doesn't have it, but you and I do. We have a thing called faith working on the inside of us, and we believe in God. And, and, and I'm like one man said to me one time, Brother Gary, uh, what was his name, Gary Cox, years ago, one of our members years ago, back in the early 90s. He said this statement to me. He, I'd gotten through preaching on healing that morning. And I had been preaching on healing for a while, you know, like we do on series for some time. And he said to me after church, I never will forget, he came up to me after the service and he said, I, I want you to know, Brother James, I no longer believe in healing. I thought I'd been teaching on it for five weeks. I said, now you no longer, he said, I no longer believe in healing today. I said, what did I say? He said a lot of things. He said, I no longer believe it now. I know it's so. He was making a good point, you know. But the truth is, we don't ever stop believing. Because there's too much that we miss out on because this is not just a natural world. This is a spiritual world and a natural world. And if we got our believer on, we got our spiritual eyes open. And so we always keep those open. Always believe. So, so start saying, Holy Spirit, train my eyes to see. Train my ears. Now we're not talking about the natural eyes. Naturally, we're talking about the ears of the, eye, the eyes of the heart, the ears of the heart. Train my eyes to see more of you, Jesus, and more of your word, and train my ears to understand more of what you're saying. Help me become more. Here, here's a good prayer to pray to the Holy Spirit every day. You get him in the car with you. Say, Holy Spirit, make me more aware of you. Help me become more aware of you. Uh, speak more again of yourself to me, and I'm going to do my best to be sensitive. Don't give up on me because I missed you yesterday. Give me another chance. And he will because he wants that. He loves that. Amen. Help me, Holy Spirit, to recognize your thoughts. David said even in the Psalms, you remember he, he said when, talking to the Holy Spirit, he said, when you said, seek my face, my heart responded, your face will I see. And I want to be that sensitive. There was a preacher, I, I just don't mean to, I know time's gone, but I apologize, but there was a pastor years ago, year, many years ago, this was George Stormont, Pastor George Stormont's father-in-law was a minister. And uh, he was a funny man to read about. I enjoyed some of the information I learned about his father-in-law. His father-in-law was uh, a real people person, really loved to be around people, but they said he'd always go missing in a party or a group, you know, a church fellowship like we had Sunday night. He'd just go missing, and they couldn't find him. And they'd finally he'd be, go to a back room. He just said, well, I just felt the Holy Spirit calling me to prayer, and I had to go get in prayer right then. And uh, we need to be sensitive like that. Amen. But he said he got to the point they. George Stormont said this about his father-in-law. He said, my father-in-law, I watched him. He got to the point where at the slightest whisper of the Holy Spirit, he was gone to draw into his presence. And sometimes it takes Holy Spirit banging on a box, you know, to get our attention. You know, would you agree with that? You know, in the natural, I mean, we've been there. So help me recognize your thoughts today. Whatever you're thinking, help me know it. Here's one I like. I added this. Thank you for teaching me to live from the inside out. You teach me to live from within in this outside world. 
A friend of mine's writing a book about that right now, living inside in an outside world. Living from the inside. In other words, you're doing it by, by acknowledging Him and talking to Him and conversing with Him and getting in on the conversation with heaven. Thank you for teaching me to live from the inside out. And then, as I said, add your request. Start adding in, in, but add your request in the forms of hopes, your dreams, your ambitions, your desires. You know, what I would like. Just add it in there. I mean, you're welcome to be there. I, I don't know why I'm... I feel like I'm not getting this as across to you as I want to. But I, mean, I enjoy information about our government. I, I love to watch how the government operates. I like movies about it, the government. I, I enjoy things like that. They're not always perfectly right, but it kind of lets you in on how things operate. And and it, it educates. I look at it as sort of a form of education. It might not be right education all the time, but it still educates me a little bit about how our system works. And, you know, but the thing is, if somebody makes it into the Oval Office, it's because the president, I'm just using the high authority of the land, the president wants to hear his request. Yeah. Or maybe more than that, right. wants to know what the request is so I can meet it. Right. I want to work with you on that. I mean, right. you got that far. You didn't get that far with them not wanting to do something for you. Right. There's too many other checks and balances before you get there. So the idea is if we've been invited to the throne room, it's not that you're going to say something that he don't want to hear. Sometimes, you know, can you imagine running a, a store? Some of y'all may work in, you know, where you're dealing with people like that in, uh, what do you call it, sales and things of that nature, you know, well, done with the public. Can you imagine being a hamburger, you know, a, a hamburgers cooked to order store? Right. And you got hamburgers and you got hot dogs. Mm -hmm. And they're cooked to order, you know. Special orders won't upset us. Right. Hold yeah. the pickles, hold the lettuce, right, right you know. Right. And so, but a person, can you imagine a person coming up and uh, they stand there and they stand there and they say, and you finally say, well, can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> are, are you, okay, let's start simple. Are you wanting lunch? Yeah, yeah. Well, do you want, you know, we got hot dogs or hamburgers. We'd like hot dog or hamburger. I just hate to say, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's just whatever you'd like. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Is there one you'd rather me have? Oh, wow. No, <laughs> you know, I mean, not really. We want to, we want to, you know, well, what do you want on it? Well, I don't know. I don't want to be too picky. Well, well, I need to know what you want on it. Because, you know, some people will say, well, nothing, it don't matter, just anything. And then you put anything on there and say, well, I don't like that. <laughs> Well, that's kind of, well, you know, God's not bringing us up there for us to him haul around about right, things. Right. He's wanting us to, you know, and so you begin to speak your desires, speak your dreams and ambition, what you really like, what you're dreaming about. And Lord, I can just see me and you working together, making this thing come to pass. And then end it just saying, Holy Spirit, now lead me into the Word and the Scriptures that help me understand what I'm asking you about. Give me Scriptures back. And Holy Spirit, you're my helper. I mean, you just don't get help from other people. He's your helper. And then in Jesus' name, and then just start praising Him. And if you'll do that, I promise you, you can start watching your prayer life flourish from inside information. You start listening to the Holy Spirit what He says to pray and you start saying, you know what, the Holy Spirit's just leading me to talk this way in your presence. And when you do that, you're gonna, you, you came with inside information and you had the right information and it just gets the job done. Did you get anything out of that tonight? Amen. Stand up with me. Come on, Father, we thank You so much for the Word tonight. We do give You praise. We worship You, Holy Spirit. Lord, we've got a lot to go put in practice. And we want to do it, but we're just going to thank you that you have welcomed I've longed for this time, saith the Lord. I've longed for a time that my people acted like they were welcomed in my presence. I paid an awesome price to bring you in, saith the Lord, not to keep you out. I was trying to keep you in. If I wanted you out, I'd have left you out because you was already out. I did this to get you in, says the Lord. Come into my presence boldly and enjoy my throne room, says the Lord. Amen. That's what we said in the Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So again, we thank you. We worship you. We've got a wonderful opportunity in front of us. Holy Spirit, be our helper. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God.